Welcome back to Pod Save Africa. It's a new year. Happy New Year, y'all. It's me and your host. Ak- Happy New Year, guys. It's, it's, I said it's me and your host, Akande. We left in time to Akande in 2017. Please stop it. <laughs> we, it's, it's me and your host, Akande, and it's my pleasure to be here with Ifi and Oinko. How about you guys holler at the guests real quick? Hello. Hey, y'all. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2018. Yes, yes, yes. 2018 is a year of, like, goals and stuff. I know we always do, like, at the beginning of every year, you always, like, set all these goals. So how about we talk very briefly before we go into the news about what goals you guys have set up for for 2018. Um, I will start. And for me personally, one of my goals this year is to eat better. Um, I like have a whole meal plan and everything. I bought lots of oatmeal because I hear oatmeal is a, is a shits. Um, so I'm eating oatmeal from now on in. I'm, it really is. Yeah, I hear, it, I hear. It. I got like berries and shit too. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of nice, so. Yeah. So um, get that nutrition. Yep. Yep. Got to stay stay nutrition nutri nutrition 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 stay fit keep keep yeah yeah okay um so yeah, yeah what, what, what's what's your what's your major goal you'd like to share with uh for 2018 Effie? um one of my goals for this year is to read more mm. um i i used to read a lot in the past but then like the last few years i just don't read mm. as much anymore. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping to sort of get back into the groove okay. this year. That's a good, that's a good. Yeah, I'm planning on. All right, that's a good goal. Young Yinks. Yeah. Yinks have baby. <laughs> well, I have a lot of goals. I have a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. One of which is read more. But um, the one I would talk about is to further my, look into furthering my education. Mm-hmm. Um, so for many of you that don't know, I graduated my bachelor's degree last year, June. Ooh. And I was actually looking to take a break for a while. But I'm thinking maybe just start to look into where I would go to when I decide to get my master's. Makes sense. Makes so sense. just start looking into schools, looking what the application process would be like, that sort of thing. And like taking the required exams, that type of thing. That's dope. Shit. Everybody has That's awesome really awesome um so we all have our goals set up for 2018 i'm excited and i'll be praying for you so that you guys all get your goals accomplished in life um and so let's get speaking of goals actually this is not a good segue apologies let's just get into the news um so we're gonna do as we usually do like a round robin everybody's gonna take a story and keep it moving um and then we'll talk about each story after the person's finished kind of explaining what the headline is um i will have only con start and then if you and then me will flip the order for the new year. New year, new thing. <laughs> well, flipping the order before we started. <laughs> <laughs> Should have. But I was like, I was like, how about I'm, 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 I'm recording. Keep you on your toes. I know it's cool. Oh God. Let's, let's do this. Right. <laughs> let's do this. Uh, we are starting with Kenya. Mm-hmm. Our first story is about the Kenya holding a hundred kids hostage. Um, they did this as a counterment. The school is in Likoni, which is south of the port city of Mombasa, hence ideology. Kenya is mostly a Christian uh, nation, but it's relatively free from religious tension, but sometimes it suffers early attacks from Somali Islamic extremists. Um, we're all familiar with 
Islamic extremists. Um, there were nearly 100 pupils and four teachers that have been arrested and detained at police headquarters. And nobody's telling them what crime they committed. They just suspect that they might be part of the Islamist extremists, which is interesting that they would arrest children, school children like that. Okay. Um, it's not... It's not clear what the police gave, and the police gave different number of totals for the number of teachers arrested, and that's not clear why they did that. Maybe to confuse the public, or maybe so so as to make it seem less of a case, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, it said that the police asked for identification documents from all of those arrested, including birth certificates from the children. Okay. Wait, wait. And, and the children, from the children and the teachers before taking them. Uh, a police source told Reuters, which is a news source, that the operation was backed by intelligence information from both foreign and local ch- that both foreign and local children were being indoctrinated in the school for the Islamic extremist group. Okay. Um, Ify, thoughts? Ify. Well, um, I, I don't know, like, I don't really know how to feel about this. Um, a part of me is very um, sort of like, okay, like let's uphold the rule of law, like let's make sure that we sort of um, nip extremism at its bud. Um, but at the same time, I don't know how I feel about arresting children. Um, I don't see how what they are being taught is or how they are responsible for the information that is being taught to them. Um, I don't know. It just, it just reeks of negligence and irresponsibility, like on the part of the law enforcement officials. Um, I just don't see how, like, I really want this to make sense. But it really just doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Allow me to play devil's advocate for a second. I'll be the advocate of Jesus. I'm not the devil in Jesus' name. Amen. But let me play devil's advocate for a second. It's always tough, especially when you have security agencies that are not super advanced, like a lot of other countries where they could just monitor your calls and pinpoint who exactly is, you know, is being radical. We just kind of had hearsay and they kept hearing that maybe some people are coming out of there. And for me, it's not so much the fact that they arrested the children and the teachers, which seems absurd. It's more important how they treated them when they do that. You know, do, do these kids get released back or are these kids like just got to go to jail for life just because um, they're suspected of having, I, I guess I'm not incredibly upset with the worries about very significant um, terrorist attacks from al-Shabaab and the like. So to preempt these things, it's it's often a very difficult game to play. So at least that, those are, that's my perspective. But, um, you know, they're dealing with the hand they're, they're given, I think. So, like, there have been instances or there have been situations in the past from happening, you basically cause it to happen. Oh, that's... Um, into this, that's just what it seems like to me. It just seems like in an effort to, like, you know, one, I guess, for me, the only good thing about this is no deaths. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. That is fair. That is fair. Honey, I want to share some thoughts. Children than teachers in this case. 
and nearly over 100 children were arrested. Arrested either. So that that's what they said they did. Not necessarily arrested. They arrested the teachers but put the, the kids in protective custody. So yeah. I think that's interesting that they've looked more into the children than the teachers. I think if there's any problem, it will probably be coming from the teachers first before the children. Better. That's fair. If I were to play devil's advocate one more time, um, it is not unusual for the minds of kids to be over the continent. And um, unfortunately, maybe that's what they were thinking of when they were approaching it. I'm not saying they approached it the right way, but I just think that it's not a threat. To- but, um, I think one thing that we also um, need to think about is of extremism are not... Um, Extremism is not just secluded to one type. So that just reads funny to me. But yeah. hey, I, I totally get that. Yeah. I totally get that. Um, let's go on to the next story, Ify. It's your turn. All right. Um, <laughs> um, so Trump imposed um, sanctions on who is accused of looting at least $50 million of state bond agreed to leave power after losing the election, um, following pressure due to force his hand. Um, he currently is living in exile in Equatorial Guinea. During his 22 years in power, he had a history of engaging in terror and assassination squad called the Junglers. First of all, trash name. He used them to threaten, terrorize, interrogate, and kill individuals whom used a number of corrupt schemes to plunder uh, the Gambia state funds for his goal, um, the large-scale theft um, that he was involved in prior to his departure. World figures blacklisted by um, Donald Trump's administration, um, Congolese president, Joseph Kabila, and an aide to South Sudan's leader, um, explained that the new policy um, wanted to take a strong stand against uh, these bad actors out of the U.S. financial system. Fair enough. Fascinating. I mean, if people if people don't know the background about this one, essentially what happened was that the Gambian president, for some odd reason, decided to host Africa, hosts a sort of he did not win, and then he he ended after I lost. He then refused. He said he was going to leave power. Like I actually changed my mind about leaving. That's exactly what happened. I was like, you know what? Now you don't. You messed up. Um. So all the I think Senegalese soldiers, Nigerian soldiers were at his border, but. Gambia doesn't currently have the force to even do anything. I think what even happened at the end was that stepping out, stepping down. I think they flew him out to another country the day of. Um, but you know, for for as I came in, he also said that yo, guys, I know I'm your president, yo, but there's 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 no money put under sanctions personally. And what that often means for individuals is that stolen or frozen wherever they know it may be, and then wherever they have jurisdiction, they just freeze it. I this is- don't. Go ahead, <laughs> Donald Trump did something right. Say it with your chest. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, it's good for the Gambian people. I think it'll be interesting to see, um, and if they do, um, it'll be interesting to see what the government... Yeah, yeah, we should definitely check in on that country in a couple of months and see how they're doing with the new president. I know that hopefully definitely. it's much better and there are no longer any junglers. All right, go ahead. I think this is like if you said. I think this is a good thing. 
I wonder if they all find a good and it includes some very interesting people. I was reading an article on this and you're involved with the investment funds, but <laughs> you never know in these African countries. But more countries. Um, and helps to solve some of the issues that African countries are facing. We're gonna just all money, but maybe this becomes a habit that everybody's just like, nah, fam, you don't, you don't get to else when it all falls to crap. Um, so, all right, let's let's go into the next story. Um, it's of Egypt's top. Can you just say the story? My silky voices come to airways to you guys. Issued a fatwa against Bitcoin. You might ask, my friends, what in the world is a fatwa? Don't worry, I'll tell you. A fatwa is like a declaration, right? This is from my very, very little reading about a, fa- a, fa- a fatwa. It's essentially a declaration about something. It might not necessarily mean something bad. It's like a religious edict, like a declaration. Um, and then it always kind of is very, it's an edict, so it's directional. So it always tells you uh, something about it. So regarding this particular fatwa, the Grand Mufti, who is the top Islamic cleric question. His name is Grand Mufti Shaki Alam. I really hope I pronounced that correct. Um, But right as 2018 started, he essentially issued his fatwa. I was like, this, we'll talk about that. But he also said that terrorists and criminal groups can abuse cryptocurrency, right? Sort of. Um, Last month, a team of Australian researchers found out that nearly all activities. Wow. And Egypt's Grand Mufti is the opinions, fatwas, um, interpretations of Islamic jurisprudence and, um, like an archbishop, sort of. I don't know if you, if you're familiar with the Christian faith, um, or in Egypt that do trade within our little upset. Of course, if you trade in something illegally, so <laughs> as illegal, rather. So, uh, this is a little bit of news. I find, I think you guys might find it how I didn't get into cryptocurrencies in time. So I don't, I didn't make as much money as I potentially could have, but the investor now actively, uh, ask me for your crypto advice. Guys, what, what are your thoughts? Of cryptocurrency, and I don't think this was Bitcoin specifically, but mm. cryptocurrency was from a movie and it was used for illegal trading. So this doesn't surprise me at all. But you know how movies over dramatize things, but it was, it was and so this doesn't surprise me, and I understand. Effie, your thoughts? So I, I'm, I see. Quite obsessed. Um, I see the reason. I think if you come from um, a state that is to want to sort of protect, I, I don't know if protect to you, but I see how you would want to protect yourself from attacks if specifically being used um, by terrorists to move money and move drugs are, you know who are like your everyday like mom and pop shop so like I also understand how it can be very very frustrating um, if this is something that could potentially um, if you are an investor this is something that could potentially um, bring you tons of money and for some reason it's now being declared illegal so like I see both sides Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays um, as the year goes on but it makes sense. It makes sense also just because, like, you know, this is something that is not regulated and it's decentralized, basically. So, yeah, it's hard. It makes sense. Yeah, I don't think it's like, yeah, you know, though. It's just, he just, I think it's just a, a religious opinion from a very, like, you know, 
highly regarded individual. Um, so he's just he's essentially just saying his two cents on it. I'm sure it's a bigger deal than that, but um, that's that's what. Yeah, but then, but then, if majority of the country um, is a part of that religious group, sure. uh, someone very it's it's sort of akin to the um, the Pope saying. We know most of us don't listen, unfortunately. Yeah, for 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 the. Um, Muslim, then, and they take his word very seriously, which I assume that they are. It could potentially spell problems. Would agree with you. Um, I do not. I think that's an ideal case, though, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, different. Like, there's some people that will like follow everything their religious leader says, and then everybody's kind of right. Um, but yeah, just I just find it really fascinating to see a religious leader we've gotten now that it's not just on Bloomberg and um, the Economist you're actually hearing. Pretty much, I'm off to Egypt talking about cryptos. And hey, man, cryptos be popping. It's, it's I think it's your turn. Oh. Yes, it's my turn. It's from Ethiopia. Uh, Ethiopia, in a surprising move, mm-hmm. has a detention center that was allegedly used as a torture chamber. Oh. Uh, well, mm-hmm. to- told in a press conference that the move was designed to allow who will be released or when the release will take place. Hmm. Ethiopia, who is a staunch... We will be staunch. Please continue. <laughs> Not enough, sorry. <laughs> I'm so confused. Okay. Accused yes, by... Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's Ethiopia is notoriously known for that. Yep. The Amnesty International now the end of an era of bloody repression in Ethiopia. Although, Pension Center... They used to whitewash the horrifying events which took place under its roof. Just going to talk about, oh, this is what happened without acknowledging the gross, the gross. Is that to pretend like it, it stops? It just automatically stops it from happening because you know, man, there's a government on even Facebook, and they just somebody just pulls up in a black car and they carry you away forever. So, it's very fast, as much as I want, and hopefully don't have to worry about that. Yeah, in China used to be. Where the government has control over everything, the internet, the phone bill, everything. And so the reason I was moved out of was they were not sure if I would be allowed to work. Hmm. So they had to transfer me. You know, the people don't really have their voice. So yeah. Interesting to observe. Yeah. Um, so they can definitely do better. And hopefully this is stepping in the right direction. If you do have any thoughts. Um, I guess to, it's always interesting. Like all over the world. I think every country has their own different system and like what works and what doesn't work. But it's just interesting to see like how torture is a lot of different countries have I guess their different methods mm. but a way to get information from people and I don't necessarily know how accurate that is. It just seems to be their true self, I guess. Yeah, I guess I don't have much to say about that honestly. That's fine. It looks like little steps that you know, carry us in the right direction. Um, next story is for... Okay. Um, so, this is definitely an interesting one. Um, this is... Um, and a number of the dead persons were appointed... Not like people with the name dead, just that they're past... They're gone. Okay, continue. This president mm. um, into boards of government agencies. Um, the Federation um, uh, announced the appointment of 209 chairpersons. Um, this was the largest single appointment made by the president since assuming office in 2000. 
are people who died after Buhari was sworn in as president. Mm. Um, um, said that the inclusion of uh, the dead people as of the incompetence of uh, President Buhari um, and his administration. National embarrassment. Aman said that it validates um, that the current ruling party, the APC, um, is confused. And I agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> it's always so funny the way it says it confirmation like, competence. <laughs> Bruh. First of all, like <laughs> I, I I I don't understand how you are appointing people agencies and you don't just you know, give them a ring. <laughs> check to see if they eight people. Eight people. Eight people. Yep, yep. Are just like great idea. Two years after he got into office. So first of all, it took you two years. To appoint people in just two years. Exactly. And you suddenly realize they need chairpersons and all these board members. I I honestly don't have much to say except what a group of dumb thoughts. Honeycomb, what are your thoughts? It's absolutely stunning, but also not entirely surprising. And that, in, you know, incompetence from our leaders is just mind-blowing. It's <laughs> kind of as you guys have mentioned there are layers of incompetence here first of all you became president and um, members and then you decide to do all of them at the same time but, I, I mean I would assume that it might not be the easiest thing to call everybody up even if you could this is a possibility because all these people aren't young some people might have died and now they're showing what they're not really receiving reminders of the fact that they're Fathers, mothers, um, cousins, uncle. The fact that you're appointing them to board positions without even having having the the decency to make sure that the public statement saying, "Hey, we apologize, we dropped the ball here, we're going to appoint different people instead." The default silence. They just don't say anything because we've passed the point where now the where they they just don't say anything. They act like if we just ignore them, we'll just get the rights, but we won't get the rights. But I, I guarantee you that in 2019, we'll. There is- their excuse when all of this came out, um, the statement that they made, with, and um, they, these are people that they appointed two years ago. So um, there are a few people who are dead here. This this doesn't smell right. Something is definitely their incompetence who was saying that, oh yeah, we made the list two years ago. Their excuse was that the list or the people that they appointed spent two years not doing anything right. and then we, we decided now would be the, like because nothing was happening and that's why there are so many errors but this government or this administration really just doesn't know what it is they just don't know what they're doing they as of incompetence once again um all right yeah whose turn is it that would be yours I, yeah. just, I just want to hear you guys say it's um well then, guys. Wow. <laughs> wow. I have, a, I have a wonderful story for you guys. And, and it's uh, actually, no, this one is not wonderful. Sorry, young. Over missing millions. Missing what? Millions. It's a rice, not millions of, uh, what else are they? Millions, millions of drops. Was giving money to fight Ebola. And guess what happened of funding meant to help 
killing people on contact you had a viral disease like it's nothing sacred meant to prevent you from catching a disease like come on fam like how do we this is what I like to call um shop and clean mouth oh my god (laughs) like they said 15% of what came in of 15, 15 sorry 30 for the survivors or for the uh, people who are affected by Ebola and communities affected by Ebola a modicum of decency the literal like Sierra Leone had 14,000 cases like and 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 250 health workers died and the officials promised of workers that they would receive up to five thousand dollars the Red Cross admitted in November that about five million colleagues first of all we need subsidy misappropriation that especially on the African continent it means nothing we all know what to mean Liberia but you know it's it's really painful when you see that even in the most dire we're so worried about what to do and people were trying to even leave their countries um you know because ebola was disease um people were i remember in nigeria people were every hand sanitizer was was all literally gave their lives to avoid the outbreak from spreading in places like lagos nigeria so that's that level of you know, lack of foresight and just situation that was literally a life and death situation for so very many people. And that's terrible. That can even happen. Um, what, what are your thoughts, Gladys? Um, This is surprisingly not surprising. Um, I think it it was especially interesting to me um, to see um, that the Red Cross was a misappropriation um, because um, I don't... Yeah. Um, or the Red, yeah, the Red Cross basically sends maybe like ten to yeah. the issues or the causes that they are supposed to be helping. Yeah. So it was on the Red Cross, but if five million dollars mm. um, was lost, and they usually, mm. hmm, it's just a little fishy, you know, it's just a little. It's definitely sad if the people who, I guess, plundered the countries. Um, it just goes to show that, you know, people in positions of power are really very disconnected. You have people who basically were within an inch of their lives trying to help, and then that just ends up not happening. Yeah. I don't know. It's just very sad. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about this story. As we were looking it up, I looked up the population of Syria then. Sierra Leone has 15,000 cases of Ebola. That means they had 0.02% of the population barrier to be gone from a disease. Like that's that number of people to be defeated by this in their country. But to see that amidst that, people are still like, nah, gee, these people can't survive. Oh, absolutely unfortunate. Um, just as a reminder, the Red Cross also is still in shit. Loki, what I should. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I should go become the president. I heard about that. The to records it's not get to help yeah but you see them everywhere walmart you're paying for stuff yeah, it's extensive like fundraising outfits yet for the amount they raise they do very little like <laughs> we need to have a lot of smaller organizations as opposed to one that is as big and unwieldy a million for haiti and they only built six houses and the houses were everywhere the houses they were like hot sorry uh final story of the evening um Oikon, do you want to cover this final story is based on the report says that patients in Africa are likely to die at, I mean, twice as likely, yes, twice as likely to die, despite the fact that they're usually younger, healthier. Covered 25 countries revealed that just over 18% of inpatients developed died in the hospital within 30 days of their operation, which is twice the global average. Huh. 
prosperous problems is likely to be an insufficient number of medical staff resulting in difficulties in however also revealed that the number of operations across the continent is very low in the first place and fewer than 43% of surgeries in Africa were elected. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> of surgeries across Africa, mm-hmm. which is a really high proportion. Yeah. To don't usually have access to it. Mm-hmm. The real sad thing is that there are lots of surgeries that are you know, the author further suggests that the findings are probably first systems to check up of patients following surgery, noting that only about 0.7 specialists. <laughs> please, please, please. English is not smart. Are you so The recommended figure surgery is 20 to 40 such specialists per 100,000 population. Meanwhile, there's only. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I think that's only, like, that's only something that this study shows these results. Part of which could be even, they don't even have electricity. And this is talking from Nigeria. So hearing the surprise me one bitch. Hmm. That's, that's, that, this shit, like, hmm. wow. I guess I, I've been seeing a lot of information about how many, like doctors are always leaving Nigeria at any point in time to seek a better life in other countries because there's also in many other countries like the United States, there's a shortfall of doctors. So they are essentially poaching, you know, they come over here, take a couple of exams and whatnot, and they, they're essentially, well, it's a more comfortable life and all of the above. So that scanty workforce is not even poised to go any bigger. Minus one, let's do a quick mass. I just did a real quick and um that's one or so and that is just wow i mean is a dog is a single doctor going to serve that many patients in his lifetime um that's not going to happen so that that improvement is absolutely necessary so the personal like taking it on by building their own universities for people to become doctors taking care abroad and come back and all the other so there's a lot of work to have to be done because they have to work across the continent so it's <laughs> It's one hell of a leap for us right now. So I actually, funny enough, I I speak to um my best friend. Um, so when it comes to healthcare, there is obviously the issue. Um, on the public health side, if the government um is putting in steps or uh making approaches to providing better public health, um, better preventive you are already eliminating a large portion of what um, health issues people are going to be having later down the line. And then when it comes to primary care, I think we are so focused on doctors, 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 that we fail to realize that there are other, um, there are other parts, there are other people who also contribute to primary care. So, Speaking about Nigeria, because again, that's my lived experience. That's what I know. Um, I just see doctors and nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, <laughs> we have, and then compared to, to the U.S., you have nurse practitioners, you have physicians assistants, you have people that that work in specialized roles. Mm-hmm. When it comes to healthcare, you have, you know, anesthesiologists, you have um, phlebotomists, you know, just people who who carry out specialized roles. Yep. In a lot of African countries, they expect, or one person is expected to carry out all of those functions. 
And when one person is doing 500 things at the same time, it is easy to make a lot of mistakes, especially when it comes to surgery. Mm. So, and then you then have the issue of, you know, not, uh, we don't have enough surgeons, we don't have enough specialized doctors, mm. um, we don't have stable electricity. So it's just, it's, it's a breeding ground hot mess. Yeah. This again is just news that is not necessarily surprising because we don't have those care that patients are getting is basically like a patient-based system. Hmm. So I don't know. Like I, I don't, I don't think this is something that um, a lot of countries need to look very closely. If we continue to go like this, like I, I really just don't know. Yeah. I really should. It's not a positive looking situation. Um, Ankan, what are your thoughts, final thoughts on this topic? Well, I think I already said all yeah. <laughs> the thoughts that I had yeah. since, you know, I introduced the topic, but. Yeah, I, I want you to know somewhere else. Um, uh, all right. So that's, that's all the news we have for you guys today. Um, there are a few more interesting pieces of news that weren't important to make to our story list, but congratulations to George Ware and his election as president of Liberia. Hopefully he becomes a better leader and all of the above. Um, he has a really fascinating story that you guys can check out from going to, from being the world's best player to being the president of his country. So, um, hopefully it plays out well. Hopefully they see progress and improvement, even though a lot of people are not necessarily trusting him right now because he was a soccer player most prominently. Um, in the news, what else is there? Uh, not much for you guys this week, but um, thank you for listening in. Actually, every other week, we'll be right back with Pod Has a Zero. So it's Pod with a Zero, Pod Save Africa. And uh, hit us here, subscribe, um, send it to your friends. Uh, this 2018, we're excited to bring so much more, absorb, um, to keep you on in tune with what's happening on the continent. And uh, we really just appreciate 20,000 listens at the end of the year. Yay. Yay, some of them. Yay. Yay. Thanks, guys. My personal goal is. That's much, awesome. Yeah. M- much. My personal goal is much, much, much less than that. And um, I was just, you know, absolutely surprised by the level of engagement you guys have had with the podcast, listening in, keeping in touch, and all of the above. So, um, and if you have people that are passionate about things, if you yourself are passionate about a topic, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Um, it's Akande, Adirili, or any of the. Uh, other hosts if you're interested about talking about a topic um and uh hey just 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 reach out to us and and um and uh let us know what it is and we'll love to hear your thoughts on the podcast you could even join us for a news update we could we could get on it we could do it we could do it um if you had a thought you wanted to share all right um and this is um, directed to um, the Nigerian Senate. Um, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard about this, um, but essentially, in the past, Nigeria had um, an airplane carrier called Nigeria Airways. It was liquidated. To cut the long story short, um, a lot of people were well, basically everyone was laid off. Um, they were supposed to get pensions. But they said, oh, due to this and this and this, we will pay your pension in maybe like three installments or something. Mm-hmm. The first installment was well over about 10 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. If I am, do correct me. Oh. Um, the second installment, they said, actually, the second and third installment will just make that into one. 
nice, not what you're supposed to receive, but what you are going to get anyway package. Mm -hmm. And they kept saying this year, next year, this year, next year, this year, next year. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people who worked for Nigeria Airways have died. A lot of people are living in acute poverty. A lot of people are sick and don't have enough money to pay for their health care. Last year, the government or Buhari signed some piece of paper saying, oh, um, you guys are going to get your money and it's going to happen before the end of the year, before Christmas. Um, October turned into November, turned into December 16th, turned into, oh, now um, the Senate needs to sign off on it. Pay these people their pensions. A lot of these people worked for 10, 15, 20 years for what was then the Nigerian government. Yeah. And you guys laid these people off and a lot of these people are literally dying. Like people are literally dying every single day. People are always protesting. Uh, people have been signing things and sending things to the Nigerian Senate. My question is, is it only when, is it only when things have to do with oil that you guys listen? People are literally dying. Like, pay these people their fucking time. Yep. Yep. It is very, very frustrating because I know people and I have friends whose parents have died still waiting on their pension. And obviously, when someone dies, it's not like they're going to give that money to their family. Yeah. That's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, that's part of the point. So, pay these people their pension. Mm -hmm. People are literally dying. Yeah. And they're... Basically, their blood is on you guys' hands. Just FYI. The Nigerian government, not, not me. Okay. Yeah, so shout out to the Nigerian Senate. <sighs> yeah, quite quite an unfortunate thing. But, um, well, yeah, thank you for that uh, addition to our story list. Guys, uh, thank you for listening. Today. That was a great way to start the year. That's a great way to start the year. I wish you all a fantastic <laughs> 2018. I hope you achieve all the things you've set out to do. I hope your New Year's resolutions don't just stick to the days after the new year. I hope that everything you seek to achieve this year, you achieve. And uh, yeah, let's let's do it, 2018, guys. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's do it, 2018, guys. You sound really excited. Uh, yo, I'm pumped. You have not I'm charged up. I'm ready. I'm ready for 2018. So, uh, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. And uh, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>